Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burroughs, and we're going to be doing a fairly quick pod tonight on MFL 10s, and it is going to be a solo pod. Uh, I haven't done too many of those. I really enjoy interviewing people, but I wanted to get a couple thoughts out there and some of the things I've been noticing while doing MFL 10s. A little bit of the frustrating thing is that you finally get to the point where you feel comfortable and you get a good strategy in an MFL 10 and then something changes. Um, You get going and then, you know, free agency starts and then you get going and the draft happens. But, um, you know, I wish I had picked up some of these tips earlier, but I do want to share some of the things that I've been noticing um, as it relates to overall role roster construction strategies that I'm favoring right now. So I'm going to go position by position and some of the things I've noticed. The, the first position I kind of want to cover is running back. Running back is a nightmare, and it really – I put a lot of thought into and, and have done a few different MFL 10s and really have come to the conclusion that running backs – you pretty much get when you can. And I know that probably isn't going to help everyone all that much. And I've heard a lot of people on Twitter talk about, well, why are the top three running backs going? Well, it's pretty simple. One of the reasons that the top three running backs are going one, two, three is there's a huge drop-off at the position after that, and there's so many questions elsewhere if you get the chance to lock in one of these three running backs and hopefully fix one of the two positions that you need each week with a stud, to me it's a no-brainer because the drop-off at running back is certainly higher than the drop-off at wide receiver. And I want to kind of focus on the running back position a little bit and talk about some of the tiers. So after the big three – Melvin Gordon has pretty much settled in as the number four. Devonta Freeman, number five. LaShawn McCoy, number six. Jordan Howard, number seven. And Todd Gurley, number eight. Jay Ajayi, number nine. And DeMarco Murray, number ten. Now, I was on Gurley early, and I got a few shares, but he scared me. And I'm hearing a lot of the things that I heard last year that I ignored. So I'm I'm just going to let my uh, exposure go down a little bit on him. Um, DeMarco Murray out of that list is the one guy I don't have any shares on, 
look, we all know his upside. We all know he could certainly pay that off. But he is coming off another injury, and I did very well last year staying away from guys who have injuries. The injury alone wouldn't have put me off him at this spot, but he does also have Derrick Henry in the backfield. They might pass more this year. Um, After that tier, pretty much three guys, Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, Mark Ingram. Miller scares me a little bit, and I had been going three running backs when I got one of the top three studs. But Miller, I just get a feeling that they're going to bring in a running back. And it wouldn't shock me if they brought one in in the top four or five rounds. So I do think he's going to get some company. I like Carlos Hyde still. And Mark Ingram, I think, is the one who's being undervalued. Yeah, I think they'll bring someone else in, but I think he's good for at least the workload that he had before. And after that, it gets really kind of hairy. And so my point on running backs, because I don't want to go through each guy, my point is if if you get a chance in an MFL 10 to where you feel the running back is as good as your other choices or just slightly less value than the other choices, that's the key point I want to make here. That's when you take your running backs and you just make sure that at the end of the draft you've got enough, whether it's two, I mean, I'm sorry, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't think I've ever taken more than seven. Um, But that's kind of my feeling on best practices at the running back position, and I think that it is something to really keep an eye on. So the next position I want to go over is wide receiver because I really feel like wide receiver is kind of the linchpin of this draft of doing these MFL 10s right now. So when I look late in the draft at most of these positions, the quarterbacks seem to be pretty much gone by the 13th round. The tight ends really is a crapshoot at that point as well. Running back is a huge crapshoot at that point which leaves the wide receivers. And there's so much value at wide receiver, I'm starting to kind of lean on that as a crutch. So when you look starting at, say, Tyler Lockett at 122, Brashad Perriman at 124, and then I'm just going to keep going down the list. Mike Wallace, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, John Ross, Ted Ginn, Josh Gordon, who I haven't taken, Marquise Lee, Quincy Inua, J.J. Nelson, Taylor Gabriel, Malcolm Mitchell, Robert Woods, Cole Beasley, Tavon Austin. All right, so now you're down to pick 174, and there's a lot of really good best ball wide receivers in that range, guys that I'm comfortable putting on my roster. And then you've got Alan Hearns at 175, Um, I'm not taking Juju Smith there. Um, Tyler Boyd, Devin Funches at 187, Mohamed Sanu at 192, uh, Treadwell at 197, Chris Hogan I think is a good choice at 201, Robbie Anderson is there at 209, Eli Rogers 209, Kamar Aiken 210, these are uh, Brandon LaFell at 214. 
and Paul Richardson at 218. These are all guys that I think are viable picks. So what's my point? My point is if I'm going to try and come out of the first six rounds with at least two wide receivers, but if I don't, and most drafts I had, rounds kind of seven through, say, 12, I want to get. I want to make sure that I'm pretty good and I'm pretty much done at the other three major positions: quarterback, running back, and tight end. I'm drafting two tight ends. I'm drafting two quarterbacks in these drafts in in these early rounds. I will consider a third tight end in most drafts. I will take a third tight end at some point. And because there's so much uncertainty, well, I'll go to that a little bit later. So. My my main point here on wide receiver is because there's so much value late that I'm really trying if again if it's a, a two guys a quarterback and a wide receiver a tight end and a wide receiver or a running back and a wide receiver that I think are about as good I'm going to take those other positions in round seven through twelve and fill out the rest of my wide receivers with these really good late values at on best ball. I mean, I want to have at least three wide receivers when I hit that area, but I don't mind picking three to four or even five more out of that group. And uh, again, there are some drafts when I've got five or four wide receivers going into the 12th round. But the key point to remember here is that because there's late value at wide receiver, it's the position that kind of I don't mind passing on a little bit of value or taking another position of equal value because I'm much more confident that I can get good at best ball wide receivers late. Tight end, again, I'm going to kind of pull up here the tight end ADP talk about that a little bit. So basically, once you get through, I would say Kyle Rudolph is off the board at pick 103. After that, Eric Ebron has some questions, 115. Both he and Cameron Braid at 118, there are questions that they'll bring in another guy. Jack Doyle at 128, decent. O.J. Howard, rookie. Austin Hooper, 151, good pick. Good, you know, good third guy, but do I want him to be my second tight end, uh, especially if I only end up with two? Not really. Fleener, I think he's – I haven't gotten any yet, but I, I think he's a good value at 154. I have a bunch of C.J. Fedorowicz. Um, Julius Thomas is a guy that I think has really good upside. And if I'm if I didn't get two tight ends, he him and Fedorowicz are the guys that I'm taking with the second tight end, and then I'll add a third tight end after that. Jason Witten, good pick, um, again. But do you really want to be depending on him or Ladarius Green or Jared Cook or El- Evan Ingram or Dwayne Allen or David Nyoku? So once you get up to pick one six a one seventy two. The 21st tight end, there really isn't anyone that jumps out at you. They're all guys who are maybes. Tyler Higby, you know, to me, they're all third guys. So I really have been loading up on tight end in the 
in kind of the range from Tyler Eifert down to Kyle Rudolph or Eric Ebron. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tight ends that I, I really like. And if I can get two of them, then I feel pretty confident that I don't have to draft another tight end. One of the key points that I, I, I've kind of alluded to here and that I really keep wanting to bring to everyone's attention is because there's so much uncertainty still b- before the draft, if I don't have to take a third tight end or I don't have to take a third quarterback, if I can get those positions taken care of and kind of pick through wide receivers late where I'm finding a lot of value, I'm a happy camper. And so if I can get that taken care of, same thing with a wide receiver. I think there is a lot of value from, you know, I'm really trying to get one of the better quarterbacks, whether it's a Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Derek Carr, um, but all the way down to Philip Rivers or Tyrod Taylor at 128, I feel really good about the quarterbacks. And if I, again, because there's so much value laid at wide receiver, if I can get two guys between pick, say, you know, even a Brady or a Breeze at 60 and 70, one of those two guys, and or a Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, and get one other guy I think I can trust, because there's very little uncertainty at quarterback. These guys are going to play, yeah, one might outdo the other. You can mix up your exposure. But my point is, with all the uncertainty pre-draft, if I can lock up a quarterback, two quarterbacks and two tight ends that I really feel good about, and I don't have to take extra choices with those positions, it allows me to go deep and take more running backs and wide receivers. And that's been my overall strategy. Quarterback, as I mentioned that, same thing with the defense. I'm a, I'm a big three defense guy. You know, if you get one defense, uh, you know, a lot of this I had seen kind of pointed to three defenses. I heard some opposite arguments that made sense early on this year. And so, but again, pre NFL draft with so many things up in the air. I'm taking two defenses lately. I'm hoping that they're going to be two good defenses. And then I, you know, unless there's no one left I like, if I can get that extra running back or that extra wide receiver, those positions that are a little more uh, important and a little more fluid at this point with roles still up in the air, And that is my final time I'll mention this, but quarterback, these top top quarterbacks, top tight ends, and defenses, you pretty much know what you're getting. You're going to get whatever you get. But running back and wide receiver, there is a lot of uncertainty with roles, pre-draft. I want more choices. So that was one of the key points that I wanted to make on this podcast. Um, I think we're going to end up uh, being a little bit quicker than even I thought. I'm going to take a quick sip here. Sorry. The last topic that I'm going to cover is one guy that I find very um, interesting, and he's a huge opportunity 
and he also is a huge risk. And his name is Martavis Bryant. And Martavis Bryant, you can say what you want about what he has or hasn't done so far. He is a beast. And he was really starting to come on when all his personal problems happened. So when I look at those wide receivers from – let me get to the wide receivers. So – All right, so you got all the big guys, and then you get to that kind of through the fourth round with Crabtree and Diggs and Terrell Pryor or Golden Tate going fourth and fifth. Um, and, and once you get kind of past Emmanuel Sanders, the, you know, there's some decent choices, but there's also some a lot of risky guys. And Martavis Bryant, currently current ADP, is 36th wide receiver off the board at pick 73. Now I'm going to go to his focus player on, and I want to take a quick look at his trend on Rotoviz, and it is. You know, he started out around 85, and then, you know, he is up right around 66 lately. Um, So, you know, that is – that's an important pick. So to Martavis Bryant or not to Martavis Bryant? Well, why would you Martavis Bryant? Well, one of the reasons you would is he could be a game changer. He's kind of like that Allen Robinson a couple years ago when you were getting him in the fourth and fifth and and even sixth round. That kind of guy who could end up a top 12 to 20 wide receiver, you know, be worthy of a second-round pick. When you look at the other guys in that range, I mean, Tyreek Hill has upside but limited – I can't see Edelman or Sanders at this point with those with that quarterback. Brandon Marshall's in there. Larry Fitzgerald certainly is a guy who could do it. Jamison Crowder is certainly a guy who could do it. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, again, lots of injuries. So Martavis Bryant is between Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Matthews, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews, Terrell Williams, so what I've kind of settled on with Martavis is I want to take the risk on him, but I only want to take so much risk. So I want to be slightly ahead of the field on Martavis Bryant because he is the kind of guy who, if he does what he's capable of doing, and you've got him in 15 to 20% of your drafts, he could really help you win some money. And if you have him in 10 to 15% of your drafts, and he busts, it doesn't kill you. So that's kind of my thoughts on Martavis Bryant. I wanted to go through that with everyone and just kind of go over some of the general strategies that I've been employing lately that have solidified some of my thoughts. Um, If you've got any questions on anything I mentioned, please feel free to call me in about a minute left here. Uh, 646-668-8928. If we don't get any questions, I will wrap it up. And hopefully you can get out of this what I hoped that everyone would get out of this. 
So I'm going to look for a song to lead us out. And let's see. Well, Martavis Bryant. I'm going to play a song for Martavis Bryant. And hopefully he stops living like this. Life in the Fast Lane with the Eagles. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you. 